0: For those of you who don't know who George Webb is, I'm going to give you just a quick background. For about I don't know eight or eight months now, George has been doing a series of YouTube videos. It started out with the title "Where is Eric Braverman?" Eric Braverman was the former CEO of the Clinton Foundation, and he went missing. And for the first thirty days or so of this series of videos, George was tracking down leads and investigating what may have happened to Eric Braverman. And it ran into this uh, long series of videos where George got heavily involved in investigating the Clinton Foundation, which turned into this big spider web of many different connected agencies, companies. He, He uncovered a lot of criminal activity in Haiti, and in many different places in the Middle East. So he's been doing this series of videos. I think there's over 700 videos that he's done now in the last eight or nine months. The thing with George Webb is he drives people crazy for a couple of reasons. For those of you who don't know, he switched over some of his broadcasting to Periscope. So in addition to doing the little daily now, three or four or five or twelve small two- or three-minute YouTube videos, he's doing longer periscopes. And he's he teamed up with um, Jason Goodman, and he's also an investigator. And they have been collaborating the last, I don't know, week or so or two weeks, putting their heads together because they're getting close. They're getting close to something. Right now, it's kind of turned to the investigation has turned back to Seth Rich. And now Eric Braverman is back in the picture again. He had been gone for a while. George and Jason and everybody who's doing this citizen journalism investigation is at risk. Because they are investigating people who are very powerful and are not afraid to take out their enemies. There are already a lot of people who have died from suspicious circumstances. So what they're doing is dangerous. The reasons why George Webb will drive you crazy is his personality type. George Webb is the personality type that David Kersey calls the rational architect. The rational architect is a personality type that is an introvert, they're uh, an abstract thinker. They, these people are very logic-driven, they're very scientific, they tend to be very analytical. They are not always the best communicators when it comes to communicating with people in a social environment or group. Rational personality types tend to be somewhat socially clumsy. They don't always pick up on subtle social cues, they don't always pick up on... Uh, what is acceptable and not acceptable in certain groups. They tend to be very intelligent. but They also tend to be a little bit late and slow in picking up on social cues. So what you notice with George Webb as he's going through in the YouTube videos, he is pointing his camera at his laptop, and he's trying to explain to you what he's found, the connections, the people, the places. He's pointing out all the news articles. He's showing you all the research he's done but you never see his face, at least not for the first three or four months. You never saw his face. You saw the computer screen, and he would flip from, from window to window, tab to tab on the computer screen, and he show you what was going on. A few months ago, people got concerned that maybe he was got, getting in too deep, and so they were asking for proof of life. So George started doing some proof of life videos, where he's actually video, uh, doing a, producing a short video of himself, telling what day it was, and some recent events that happened. So people knew he was still alive. But it's obvious that George is not an extrovert. He is an introvert. He doesn't like being on camera. This personality type is very good at systems analysis. Uh, The rational architect is a personality type where everything has to be logical, things need to make sense to them, and if something does not make sense... Something is not logical or rational. There's a little red flag that goes off in their brain that says, that does not compute. That does not make sense. Something is wrong here. These people are very analytical, and, and the reason why Kersey gave that uh, group the, the architect label is they tend to be very good at analyzing systems. So they tend to be people who are architects, who are engineers, who are software programmers. Uh, I, my stepson, Carl, is this personality type. He is an electrical engineer. George Webb has a history in computer uh, systems. <laughs> he used to work for uh, a company that did software, computer software and systems and servers. Okay? That is in keeping with this personality type. They look at systems and they see how things fit together into a system. To me, it is very interesting that God chose George Webb to be the person who would investigate and analyze this incredibly complex system of interrelated people, nonprofit organizations, government organizations, private companies involved in this elaborate web of corruption, blackmail, murder, Uh, Extortion, sex crimes, you name it. And you have this guy leading the investigation who is all about systems and how systems fit together. So it's to me, it's extremely interesting that God chose George Webb to do this investigation. The the crazy thing about it is, what's driving everybody nuts is you normally when you investigate. Uh, like, let's say, a crime family. So you have, a, you have a crime family, you have a syndicate, you have a bunch of players, you have some bosses and some lower-level people, and you develop, you go and do some investigation, you find out how are they doing this, you get information, you get personal documents, you take photographs, you interview people, you do this elaborate investigation, usually takes a year or two or three years worth of work, looking through court documents, and tracking down all of the, the data and the information to bring this to prosecution, to or at least to come up with a theory about what's going on. Normally, that information is not given to the public until the investigation has been done, and a person will then take all that information and write an article or a series of articles or maybe a book on the investigation, what they found, what their conclusions were, it'll go to a jury, right? Normally, you don't see the investigation work. You read about it after the investigation is done. What you're seeing with George Webb is you're watching the investigation go on every day. Not Now, for the first five or six months on YouTube, George would do his investigation and then he would report at the end of the day on a computer screen, this is what I found. Here's, here's a trail, here are the breadcrumbs, here are the websites I checked out, here's the information, here's all the articles. In that, at that time, you, were seeing, you weren't seeing the investigation minute by minute, you were seeing it day by day. And along the way, George recruited a few hundred people who were working with him. So he has people in law enforcement, people who are data analysts, people who were in all walks of life, who have all kinds of information. And they're giving George information along the way. They're feeding him uh, data. They're giving him breadcrumbs. They're giving him, they're connecting the dots. What happened was George's investigation turned into a crowdsourced investigation. I don't know that there's ever been an investigation like this. What's happening is several thousand people now are crowdsourcing an investigation. It's a little bit like what happens on 4chan or 8chan or Reddit, where you have threads where people bring in all the information, the links, the videos that they have on, the, on a subject. Well, what George is doing is a little bit like that. But it's, it's, um, it's, now it's happening live. He has moved his investigation onto YouTube and Periscope, and he's doing live videos where he's telling people, you can call me, here's my phone number, you can email me, you can call uh, Jason, you can email Jason, and he's getting Skype calls, and you're watching it happen live. And you're hearing the people on speakerphone, and you're watching how the investigation is developing. You're seeing the dead ends. You're seeing the false flag. You're seeing the disinformation. I watched the other night on Periscope uh, a couple of George's videos, and it was crazy. He was drunk. He had uh, three or four glasses of Merlot wine, and he was pretty sloshed, and he was getting into a very heated discussion with Kim.com. Kim.com got on the Periscope, and they were talking back and forth and Kim wanted George to do something a certain way, and George was like, no, let's not do it that way. I want you to give me Seth Rich's account number with Mega Upload. And there was this heated exchange, and George got very angry, and uh, it was a bit crazy watching that happen. But that's the, that is the reality of what George is doing. George is going live, and he's showing you an investigation as it's happening minute by minute it's a little bit like reality TV imagine a criminal investigation that was a reality TV show that's kind of what you're seeing if you're following him on Periscope now and if you're following him on Jason Goodman's YouTube channel they're live broadcasting all of this and you can go in there and comment and, and call in if you want and talk to him and give him information it's a, it's a very interesting way to investigate just um, put in search engine crowdsource the truth or put it in YouTube You'll come up with Jason Goodman's channel, and he has been live broadcasting on their, uh, their conversations for, I don't know, four or five days, probably. I subscribed, so I get notifications when he goes live. The thing is, it's, it's a bit of a mess. They are doing some things in a way that is probably not the best way to do it. Um, you have to realize these guys are amateur investigators, and sometimes they put information out that they probably shouldn't put out right away. They should probably sit on it. Things like phone numbers, things like email addresses. Some data that they're putting out, I think, probably would be better if it hadn't gone out. And and George is the first to admit that. If George screws up, George will say, you know, I probably shouldn't have put that out. That was a mistake, and I'm sorry, and I apologize, and I, I, I wasn't thinking clearly. So at least George will own up to his mistakes. But it is It is a little bit crazy watching what's going on. Now, George is trying to save the country. I respect George. He's putting his life in danger. He has been going on in this battle with these people in government who are corrupt. This has been going on for almost a decade. It's only now coming to a head. Uh, I really respect what he's doing, and I really admire him. Uh, and And you know what? I don't have... Time here to go into the old Mossad and the new Mossad and the winks and the tells and all of the little jargon that they're using in there. I, I do not have time to go into that. However, I've asked Base Chica if she would consider doing a 2D scope with me where she and I can explain a little bit about what's been happening. I think Base Chica has been following George uh, in his broadcast. And I think. She has some insights and information. I do. I've been following him since the beginning. I have downloaded most of his videos. Unofficially, I can't tell you this, but I'm going to tell you it. Ever since the beginning of George's series, I thought about writing a book based on his work. I sent him an an email. I don't know if he got it, but I would love to collaborate with George on writing a book outlining this whole investigation, when it's done, when, it, when it's come to its conclusion, even if, even if he doesn't collaborate with me, I still may end up writing a book because I find it a very fascinating story. And, you know, here's my thing. With my books, I take complex ideas and I make them simple. So, um, you know, where is Eric Braverman made simple? I don't know. I, I think it would be very helpful for someone who has an ability to take complex scenarios and situations and simple, simplify them and break them down, I'm, I am thinking about doing that, thinking about possibly writing a book, detailing all of this history and explaining it in a way that the average person can understand it. I have to tell you this. I've had three dreams about George Webb in the last four days. The last two or three dreams... All I can describe about those dreams was there was absolute confusion. It was just confusion. Um, I saw scene after scene after scene, and what was happening in the scenes didn't make any sense. It was confusing. People didn't know what was going on. It was just, it was a mess, right? It's a little bit like what's actually happening if you're watching these guys and you're following them on YouTube or Periscope. It's a mess. You're like, what are they talking about? They have all this jargon, they're making these connections, and sometimes they make mistakes, and, and it's, it's confusing, especially if you haven't been following the series. So the last two or three dreams I had, there was just confusion, wide, widespread confusion. But the first dream that I had, in that dream, I saw George, and he stumbled upon a discovery that was shocking to him. He had uncovered something that he did not expect. And um, I, I could see, he was, just, he was just amazed. And what I believe that dream illustrates is the, is the fact that George is going to uncover and be vindicated. He's going to find something huge. He will be recognized as a person who uncovered something incredibly relevant and important to our generation, to our nation, and to the world. Say what you want that you think George is a conspiracy theorist. Look, there either is or is not a conspiracy in the government and in these nonprofits and in these private companies, a conspiracy to rip people off, to kill, extort profit at the loss of other people. They have conspired to do that or they have not conspired to do that. And George is working on the theory that there is a conspiracy among these agencies to do all this stuff. So you can call it conspiracy theory if you want to. That's fine. But I, I believe his work is going to be vindicated, and I believe it's not just about Seth Rich, and it's not just about Eric Braverman. It's not just about the Iwan brothers, which, by the way, the Iwan brothers are making a splash. That story is not going away. It is leaking out. The people involved in the House, uh, Congress, are very, very nervous about what's going on with the Awan brothers. Okay? George has exposed, has shined a light on a lot of very sketchy, corrupt things that have been going on for a long time. And he, is, he will be vindicated one of these days. His, his stories will get out. Law enforcement will, are, is going to arrest these people. And, you know, uh, the Huma Abedin uh, situation. George has provided a lot of good insights into what's going on with Huma Abedin and Anthony Weiner and Hillary Clinton. And now we find out in the last few days, more Hillary Clinton emails came out and WikiLeaks just published them. Um, This stuff is not going away. It is not going to go away. It is not going to be swept under the rug eventually it's all going to come out and it's going to be prosecuted. A lot of it will. Maybe not all of it, but a lot of these people, I think, are going to end up getting prosecuted. Look, there's a a lot of people that know about it now. There are thousands of people all over the world who've been watching the series. They know what's going on. They're writing articles about it. They're producing videos. Uh, Jason Goodman may end up doing a uh, a film about it. He's a film producer. That's what he does. Um... So this stuff is not going to go away. It's going to stay out there, and it, there is going to be more uncovered. Andrew McCabe, who is the, currently the acting chief of the FBI, is heavily implicated in a lot of this. If you don't know this, Andrew McCabe is actually under investigation by the Department of Justice Office of Inspector General. So he is under investigation because his wife took some uh, donations from a couple of different Clinton supporters, $675,000, and McCabe did not recuse himself from the Clinton email investigation. So there's the appearance of a conflict of interest, and that is what McCabe is being investigated for right now. You want to know what the really funny thing is? The investigation is being run by the Office of Inspector General. It's also under the oversight of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Chuck Grassley is the head of the Judiciary Committee. Grassley has been asking James Comey for information about McCabe, and Comey was slow-footing all of the reports. Comey was not giving the Judiciary Committee, or the Office of Inspector General the information they had been asking for. Here's what you need to know. All of these investigations, internal investigations, are being delayed, slow-footed, and nothing is being done about them. Because the people that are involved are complicit, and they don't want the truth to be found out. They, They do not want their actions to be uncovered. So they're delaying as long as they can. Andrew McCabe acting director of the FBI, is now kind of overseeing uh, the responses from the FBI for his own investigation. And this whole thing is going to get very strange, because, you know, insiders in Washington expected that the president would announce uh, a nomination for new director of the FBI last week, and it didn't happen. And it's, it's my belief that it's going to take a while to get a new FBI director. Because what I see is the FBI is kind of a mess. There's all these investigations going on. There's quite a bit of corruption. There are some good agents in the FBI, but there are some not-so-good agents. And the FBI's reputation has been severely tarnished, I think, in the intelligence community. And now we have this scandal... With FISA court. So FISA, if you remember, is Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA, which allows intelligence agencies like the FBI and the CIA to gather intelligence on foreign actors. Special court where if you want to gather intelligence on, on, on foreign nationals, you go to FISA court. They you, almost always give you approval to do that. What we're finding out now is the FBI has been severely abusing the orders that come from the FISA court. It's been going on for years. There was a scathing report by, an, by a, an independent auditor who cited hundreds of cases of abuse of the FISA court by the FBI. The FBI is, has been abusing its ability to investigate. It's, essentially what, what happens is this. If the FBI or the CIA want to uh, do surveillance, if they want to gather your personal information, they need to get a, a warrant from a court. And that requires a detailed explanation about why you want this information. You have to show probable cause. It's a lot of hoops to jump through. So whenever an intelligence agency wants to get information on you, they have two choices. They can either do it legally and fill out the forms and go to court and get an order, a warrant, to do the surveillance. Or they can go to the FISA court and they can ask the FISA court and say, hey, this person has been talking to someone over in Russia or Somalia or UK, wherever, it, doesn't, it can be anywhere, as long as it's another nation. And we want to surveil that person, and we want to find out what they're saying. You go to FISA court, you don't have to show cause. You don't, the restrictions are minimal, and it's almost always granted. So what it seems like is the FBI has been abusing this easy, uh, almost foolproof way to get permission to do surveillance on American citizens. That is kind of the scandal that has been breaking over the last week or two. And we're going to be hearing testimony on that this coming week in the Senate Intelligence Committees. So, on Wednesday, Andrew McCabe, Rod Rosenstein, Dan Coates, who's the Director of National Intelligence, and Mike Rogers, who's the Director of the NSA, are all going to be in uh, intelligence hearings giving testimony about what is happening with the FISA courts and and the warrants and the surveillance and why hasn't anything changed? Why do these abuses continue? That is what's going to happen on Wednesday. And the other thing is, so Rod Rosenstein is the new um, Deputy Attorney General under Jeff Sessions. Rosenstein will be going in to answer questions probably about why he felt James Comey needed to be fired. There's two things that they're investigating here. They're trying to get at the uh, Russia-Trump investigation. Some testimony will be concerning that, and some testimony will will be concerning the FISA court. So with McCabe and Rosenstein, it's probably going to be mostly focused on uh, the firing of Comey McCabe will be answering questions about what's been happening in the FBI since since his firing. And was there attempts by Trump or anyone to stop the investigation into the Trump-Russia thing? Okay, the Trump-Russia investigation is a big issue right now. So they'll be questioning McCabe, wanting to know if he has been aware of any attempts to stop the investigation. McCabe has already testified, and there has not been any attempts to stop the investigation. We had that uh, sworn testimony under oath in previous hearings. Rosenstein will also be asked questions about his rationale and what he observed about McCabe, and why was McCabe fired. Because they're trying to find out, did Trump fire Comey as retaliation or as a way to stop this investigation? That's what they're trying to get at. So that's going to be happening on Wednesday. Dan Coats, who is Director of National Intelligence, and Mike Rogers, NSA, they will also be testifying on Wednesday. That's probably going to be more related to FISA, uh, surveillance, int- use of intelligence, unmasking, who has been unmasked. We saw this with Brennan and Clapper uh, a couple weeks ago. So now Coats and Rogers are going to be put up, and, they'll, and they're going to be asking these guys questions. Who was unmasked? How often, what were the purposes, and, and again, this is an open hearing. So don't expect a lot of information to come out. It's it's open to the public. And this may be just a whole lot of YouTube theater. I don't know if they're just gonna say, can't answer that, it's classified, have to go to a closed hearing. That's we'll we'll see. I, I don't expect that there's gonna be a lot of forthcoming information on that. There may be. Uh, If they don't get the answers they want in the open hearing, they'll have a closed hearing, and they'll go and get the answers that they need. Now, Comey is scheduled to testify on Thursday, the day after McCabe, Rosenstein, Coates, and Rogers testify. Comey is scheduled to testify the next day. I am not actually under the impression right now that Comey is actually going to testify. Look, if, if I were James Comey, I would not testify. There is no way I would go into that hearing and testify. He has nothing to gain and everything to lose by testifying. Every time Comey goes in front of a, an Intelligence Committee hearing and goes under oath and is asked questions, he has another opportunity to contradict himself on something he's already said under oath. And I think That maybe, if he does testify on Thursday, it's expected that he is going to testify and say that Trump put pressure on him to delay or stop the investigation into Flynn and any Russia connections. If Comey testifies that there was pressure put on him by the president to... Squelch, squash, or interfere with any investigations. If Comey says, Yeah, I felt like the president was trying to get me to stop these investigations, he will be contradicting himself in previous testimony. He has already said under oath there were no attempts and there was no pressure to stop the investigations. So he'll contradict himself, and then he could probably be charged with perjury. The other problem he has is that if he says there was an attempt by Trump or someone in the Trump administration to stop this investigation, he is legally obligated to report that to his supervisor, who is the Deputy Attorney General. He has to report any interference to the DOJ. He's legally obligated. If he knew there was an attempt to interfere with an investigation and didn't report it, he can be charged. Unless Comey goes into that hearing and says there was no attempt to stop the investigation, Trump never pressured me, if, he's, if he goes in there and says that, he'll be okay. If he tries to make it look as though Trump tried to stop the investigation, he is going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, because he'll, he's already said there was no attempt to do that. So, If I were Comey, I would not show up at that hearing on a Thursday. He can talk to uh, Robert Mueller, who is this uh, special counsel, and have Mueller say, hey, you can't testify or something. I would find a way to get out of that. But if he goes in, if Comey goes in and testifies on Thursday, he is taking a huge risk of essentially political suicide. So I guess we're going to see what happens. (laughs) The other thing uh, to think about this week is, now we know last week, the story was broken that Devin Nunez, who is the chair of uh, the House Intelligence Committee, Nunez subpoenaed the FBI, CIA, and NSA wanting to know who was unmasked by John Brennan, Susan Rice, and Samantha Power during 2016. So the Intelligence Committee wants to, is getting into more of this unmasking. They want to know the names of the people that were unmasked. By Brennan, Rice, and Power. Power was a former ambassador to the UN. And people are kind of wondering, like, why would the ambassador to the UN have any reason to have somebody's name unmasked in intelligence gathering? So, Nunez has put out a subpoena to get that information. And to make matters worse, there is, the FBI is actually under... Order to produce a report concerning their, their compliance with the FISA court. They have to produce a report, and this report has been demanded over and over and over again and it hasn't shown up. I think the date for that FISA report is coming up in the next couple of weeks. I think it might be June 12th or June 17th. If that report comes out, we'll know a lot more information about what is going on with FISA and the FBI. Look, Right now, it's looking as if people like Trey Gowdy and Devin Nunez have a very difficult job ahead of them. It's, it's possible they may be asked not to reauthorize the 702. The 702 is the code for the FISA court. Warrant. Some people have said that this FISA court is actually not constitutional, and they're really they should, we shouldn't even have this court. Um, they shouldn't be doing this. With the abuses that have come out of the FISA court, there is a very good argument to do away with it completely. And if that happens, it's going to hamper the ability of the intelligence community to gather this information. Not that they can't get the information, but FISA court is a legal process that allows them to do things with the information they have. And because they've abused it, it may get taken away. I would like to wrap this up with an observation about the president. There, there is a war going on. The, I call it the deep state war. That's what a lot of us are calling it. There are good people in the deep state. Sometimes they're called the white hats. Okay? If you remember back in the days of black and white TV, the good guys wore the white hats. And the bad guys always wore a black hat. That's how you know who the good guys and bad guys were. So there are people in the intelligence community who have noble, benevolent desires, and they want the truth to come out, and they want corruption to be exposed. They're the white hats. And there are some creepy bad guys in the intelligence community. Those are the black hats. There's a war going on between those two groups in the deep state. So the deep state, FBI, CIA, CIA, NSA, Defense Department, Homeland Security, State Department. These are career people. They're in there for, for a long time. They're not elected officials. There is a war going on in the deep state. A significant group of these people, they want Trump gone. When Trump said, I'm going to drain the swamp, he was talking about them. I mean, he, Yes, he was talking about lobbyists and influence peddling and all of that, but a lot of that is connected to the deep state. So Trump is threatening these deep state actors who are corrupt. And they know it. And they want him gone. And the White Hats in the deep state, they are trying to help the president. And they're trying to rescue our government from corruption. And that's the war that's going on. Now, we have a lot of intercessors who are praying for the president. They're praying for Congress, they're praying for the court, Supreme Court, they're, and they're praying for the president, and they are having a massive impact. You don't see it in the natural, but it's going on in the spiritual world. They, the White House is surrounded by angels, by hosts of angels, who are protecting the president and his family. And that's because... People like us have been praying and doing spiritual warfare to take down the plans and the schemes and the structures that the enemy has built in Washington. That darkness is being exposed, and the enemy is not happy about it. The enemy knows that there is a significant group of people that are doing serious prayer and intercession, and it's making a difference. And all of us lashing out at the president from the media, from Hollywood, from people in Washington, they see their kingdom collapsing and they are pissed about it. And they're not going to sit by and watch it happen. They're going to fight. That is the spiritual reality behind this war that you see going on. There's a spiritual war in the invisible realm and it's manifesting in the natural realm with all these attacks and all this thrashing and crazy news cycles and accusations. There is a spiritual war going on behind all of this. Lana Vosser is a prophetic voice, woman who lives in Australia. She's been given a lot of prophetic revelation about President Trump. She posted an experience that she had, I think, yesterday, maybe the day before. I just read it this morning. She saw President Trump in heaven in Heaven's strategy room with Jesus. And Jesus was giving the president divine strategies. He unrolled a scroll and showed the president the scroll and said, It's time to put this strategy into effect now. I'm giving you new strategies. This is just one example of the kind of things that are happening right now in the spiritual world that we don't see. God is working with the President. He is trying to accomplish some goals. The main goal being the takedown of corruption and brutality and murder, money laundering, bribery, extortion, you name it. All of these crimes that have been going on in Washington for decades. God is trying to bring that to an end. And I believe he's going to use President Trump to accomplish that, and he is giving the president strategies right now on how to make that happen. I think you're going to see some unexpected moves in the next couple of weeks. Insiders in Washington who think they have their finger on the pulse of what Congress and what the White House is doing, they're going to be shocked. I think they're going to be surprised at what they see happen in the next couple of weeks and the next couple of months. The House needs to do this and the Senate needs to do that and there's health care and there's tax reform and all those things. And I'm not saying those aren't important. They are important. But some of the things you're going to see in the next few weeks, the next few months, are going to surprise you because God has given the president a new strategy. And he's continuing to give him strategies to stay ahead of the deep state and the powers of darkness. So when you're looking at the wars on the mainstream media attacking the president, just realize God is working with the president and he has some strategies and it's going to work out. It's going to work out good. God is going to bless this nation. We are going to be prosperous. There are going to be jobs. There's going to be better wages. Your investments, your 401k is going to be explode and it's going to be worth more than you thought it would be in 10 years. There are a lot of good things coming to America. And I'm not blowing sunshine up your skirt. Um, I I believe everything that I've told you. I absolutely believe that the country is on a good course. It's going to be a little difficult. There are a lot of people who are going to hate what's going on. There's a lot of darkness fighting back against what God is trying to accomplish. But if we keep in prayer, if we continue to... Surround the White House, surround the President and Congress and the Supreme Court with prayer. And if we are doing our due diligence, God will do what he needs to do to make all of this work out. Do not sit idly by and think there's nothing you can do. Appeal to heaven. (laughs) That is what our founders did when they won the Revolutionary War. And they were bringing our country together, and they had to come up with rules and laws. They appealed to heaven, and God answered. And God will continue to answer when we appeal to heaven. So, don't get discouraged. God's got a plan, and it's it's being revealed. It's being rolled out, and you'll see it manifest soon. Well, you guys and gals, got some cuties out there in Radio Land. Love you. You're awesome. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.